All right, welcome in hockey fans in the Southwest, around the United States, Canada, wherever you may be listening to us live at a very special time tonight for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, 5 p.m. Pacific. We are doing a live show because we wanted to make sure that we got our guest, special guest on today and we're able to work around his schedule. We'll be joined by Jesse Granger of the Athletic Las Vegas in just a few minutes. Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Zach Bondrat, will be joining me just a little bit later on uh, in the uh, second half of the program. So we are looking forward to that. It is uh, less than 24 hours away from the NHL draft, which will be held virtually this year from Montreal, Canada. The 2020 draft will officially kick off 4 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesday. Um, and rounds uh, two th through seven will begin at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesday beyond for the uh, the uh, duration of the day, I guess. So without further ado, let's introduce our uh, special guest tonight. we got Jesse Granger with us from the Athletic Las Vegas. Jesse Scott's with you. Zach will be joining us hopefully a little bit later on. But how are you? Pretty good. How are you, Scott? Well, I'm hanging in there. I know you've been uh, one of the busiest guys in hockey, as always, with all the things happening up in Vegas. So uh, leading into the draft, I thought it's a good time to call and see if I could squeeze a little time out of you. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. I have I have been busy. The thing with the Golden Knights, and I've said this quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, but they always keep things interesting, if nothing else. It feels <laughs> like over the last three years, there has never been national news that the Golden Knights aren't involved in whether it's the trade deadline or, or the big-time free agents or just pretty much any storyline you can think of in hockey, the Golden Knights have been in the front of. So, yeah, so they, they definitely keep me busy. Well, I was up on Thursday for uh, 1 October because I wanted to do a little feature on hockey healing uh, Vegas and uh, made the trip up there. And then, of course, Friday uh, they have the announcement of the new gold jerseys, the third jersey. So we'll get your opinion on that, too, in just a second. But – uh, yeah, you're right. It never seems to slow down up there. I'm, I'm totally amazed. I, I was visiting with Anthony Vigneri Greener with UNLV, and I said, could you have imagined five years ago when you and I first visited that we're going to be talking about, what, five new ice sheets in Vegas and, uh, and an AHL team and, and a, a very solid NHL team? But, uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy how it's all taken off and a bit surreal, right? Yeah, it definitely has exploded, and the fact that they're already expecting to have uh, the, the ice sheets at the new Henderson facility that hasn't even finished being built yet. I mean, it's supposed to be opening here soon. Um, they're, they're projecting that that ice time is already going to be booked up, and they're thinking about building a, another, yet another facility. So, I mean, it is yeah, I heard that as in well. Vegas. Yeah, Crazy. It's, it's awesome. Okay, so let, let's get to the gold jerseys. Your uh, your first thoughts, and then now that you've had a chance to uh, look at it for a little bit, what uh, what do you think of them? Yeah, I mean, I like them. Um, I, I've said from the very beginning that I think, before I even saw them, that I thought these jerseys are either going to be awesome or terrible. <laughs> Just because they're trying to go gold, and that's so difficult, and it, it oh. was difficult. And that's why it took them so long to, to get these to where they are now, because it I mean, they wanted to release them last season, and they just haven't been able to perfect this gold color. They finally did. I thought it came out great. I will say this. I got to see them in person the morning before they released them. Uh, they let me go down there at City National Arena and 
check them out and they look a lot better in person than they do in the photos. So for oh, anyone yeah. out there who's watching and saying, oh, they look yellow, they look like mustard or whatever. In person, they do not look yellow at all. They are very, very gold. So uh, yeah, I think they're great. I can't wait to see them on the ice before I make my final judgment. I always like to say that because I, like for the Golden Knights jerseys that they have now, the gray and the white, I thought they were okay not great when i first saw them but then when i first saw them in the ice i thought they were fantastic so i think jerseys it's tough to tell sometimes looking at them on a mannequin um so i'd like to see these gold jerseys actually on players on the ice before i make my final judgment but i do think that they look really good from what i've seen well i'm going to say two things first of all i'm disappointed that they didn't put you in pads and put you out there to try them out (laughs) I thought that would have been really cool. Uh, Second of all, I was there on Friday and got to see that mannequin too. And I said exactly what you said. Uh, They they look mustard in the pictures. They are not mustard. They have the sparkle in the gold, a lot like the sleeves on the other two uh, or that one band on the sleeve. So Mm -hmm. they're they're very cool. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, like you are, to see them on the ice. So uh, as you said in the lead, uh, the Golden Knights are never – out of the conversation, no matter what you're talking about. And uh, just a few days ago, they made news again with the uh, not-so-secretive signing of uh, Robin Leonard. But uh, tell us a little bit about that signing and how you feel that will play out. Yeah, I think it's a good deal for both sides. Uh, you don't see that often. I mean, uh, usually when, when, whenever there's a contract signed, you're trying to say, oh, did the player get hosed or or did the team pay too much? But I think in this one, it fits both sides pretty well because Robin Leonard has been a has been an unrestricted free agent for the last three off-seasons. This was his fourth off-season in a row um, approaching unrestricted free agency. And in the first three, he got a one-year deal each time. And he's obviously been looking for stability for he and his family and he didn't get that with the Sabres. He didn't get that with the Islanders. He went to Chicago hoping he'd get it there. They traded him a few months later. So he finally gets that long-term stability, uh, knowing where he's going to live for a few years. And he took a little bit less money than he probably could have got on the open market to make that happen. And I, if you're the Golden Knights, you're more than happy to, to give him term as long as you can get him for that $5 million uh, AAV that they got him at, which in my opinion is very cheap for how good of a goal yeah. Robin Leonard is. You look at his stats over the last two or three years, and he's amongst, I don't know, top five, top ten at the very least in the NHL, and this this uh, $5 million cap hit for him isn't anywhere near that. Um, you see goalies making 10 plus million. There are quite a few making over seven, and, and Leonard's not even close to that. So I think it's a great deal for the Golden Knights. They get a good goalie at a solid price. And like I said, Leonard, maybe he could have made a little more, but he he wanted the, the stability, and the term was equally important to him. So uh, both sides got what they wanted. So let me ask you this, and kind of playing devil's advocate here, but a trade deadline acquisition when they got him, he was superb. But when they picked him up, there had to be some thoughts in, in Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee's heads that – that they were going to try to make this a long-term deal because I don't think they would have gone out and gotten him if they weren't, uh, if he wasn't what they were looking for. But uh, how much do you think his play solidified that, that five-year extension? Uh, definitely. So like, like I said, Robin Leonard has struggled to, to get a long-term extension. And I think a big reason of that is the GMs just weren't sure if, if it was fool's gold and with goalies, it's so difficult to project. And we've seen so many times where a goalie will have a spectacular season and then just turn around and be completely the opposite the next season and not be good. And 
Robin Leonard's real first breakout season, he had some decent statistical seasons with the Sabres and the Senators, but they weren't, they were terrible teams. So he didn't win much, but his first real breakout year was in New York and he was obviously a Vezina finalist. And I think a lot of people were afraid that maybe that wasn't as much Robin Leonard as it was Barry Trotz's defensive system. And that team just played really, really good defense. And they thought, okay, maybe he's just a, a product of that system. Then he goes to Chicago and you see that he played great there. And that's behind a defense that didn't know how to play defense. And they gave up more high danger (laughs) chances than any team in the league. So now he's proven it in two different systems. And then Chicago trades him to Vegas. And it's yet another different system where the Golden Knights play a possession heavy uh, style of play where they don't give up many chances. When they do, they can be high danger though. And again, Leonard proved he can be good in that system in the playoffs with four shutouts. And he played, he didn't play great, but I thought he played very, solid so within two years he showed that he can play in three completely different systems behind three completely different teams and play well so I think that in itself proved to the Golden Knights okay this guy isn't just a system goalie he's he is going to be what we think he is for the next few years so then of course the obvious question and this started uh inside the bubble was uh what are you going to do with Marc-Andre Fleury who they have under contract for a couple more years um just your thoughts on that whole thing. And I know you've had a chance to, to dig into a lot deeper than a lot of people. Um, what's the thought process? I mean, an NHL team looks for two good goaltenders right off the get-go, right? You know you're not going to survive a whole season and win a Stanley Cup with one goaltender. So you got to find two good ones. They have two good ones. Are they keeping two good ones? Yeah, they have two really good ones. Uh, they may have two two good ones. Uh, they're they're it's too good to keep them both, and they, it's it's mainly just coming down to the dollars and cents. I just don't see a way that the Golden Knights can pay twelve million dollars to to their goalies, um, yeah. and fi- and keep the rest of the team intact. Right now, after signing that Leonard deal, they're all they're actually already over the salary cap limit um, for next year. And during the offseason, you're allowed to be up to ten percent over, so they're not breaking any rules there. But they're already over the limit, and they still have to sign restricted free agents Chandler Stevenson Nick Cousins they are most likely going to want at least add a, a person or two in free agency and they already don't have any money so you've got to think that they're probably going to move Marc-Andre Fleury I mean I there there's a very very minuscule I'm talking less than zero less than one percent chance they they keep Fleury but I think at this point it all directs all things point to they're going to move him um, and, and now they, they have to figure out how to do that because it's going to be yeah. challenging because a $7 million cap hit for the next two years, is that's not easy to move under regular circumstances. Then you right. add the fact that the flat cap, the uncertainty of the NHL, not only will it be a flat cap this year, but it could be 81.5 again the following year. And teams aren't going to be looking to take on that big of a contract, especially for a 35-year-old goalie. Now, Flurry's really good, and he can help a contender immediately. So there are going to be teams out there that want Flurry's services. They, they think a, a team like Carolina, I think, could, could really use him to bolster their cup odds. But I don't know if any team out there is going to be willing to take on that $7 million. So the Golden Knights are either going to, have, going to have to do one of two things. They're either going to have to eat the cap themselves and retain some, which I don't think they want to do because they're so strapped for cap space themselves that they're not going to, want to do that. Or the second option, which I think is more likely, they're going to have to find a third team to bring into that trade. So you're going to have to find a team that has a ton of salary cap that isn't worried about eating $3.5 million of it, and you're going to have to pay them draft picks to do so. So you'd ship Flurry to that team, have them – retain 50% of the salary and then trade Flurry to his final destination, which would be a contender that's looking for a goalie that can help him get over the top. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I want to jump into the draft and, and what's going on with that in just a second, but I have to ask you about the three forwards that I know the Vegas Golden Knights are very high on, and that's Cody, Cody Glass, uh, Jack Dugan, and uh, Peyton Krebs. And uh, any of those three or all of those three going to get their shot to, to make that NHL roster in your estimation? Um, well, they're all going to get the shot in training camp. I think it Peyton Krebs is in a difficult spot. I think he's going to have to do a lot more to earn that spot than a guy like Cody Glass would just because because of Peyton Krebs' age, he's not old enough to go to the AHL yet. Um, his, his junior hockey team, the Winnipeg Ice, still own his rights for another year unless he's in the NHL. So for him, it's either NHL or bust. Um, they cannot send him to the Henderson Silver Knights. If he's not playing for the Golden Knights, he's got to go back to junior hockey for the entire season. So I think it's going to be an uphill battle for him to make the roster just because of that. But you never know. I mean, from what I heard, he was close to getting into the lineup for a couple playoff games. He took warm-ups, and Pete DeBoer said that was not just to get him experience. That was, if you're, if you're taking warm-ups, you're a you're an option for the game. So he definitely is getting close. So maybe he meet, maybe he knocks their socks off and, and makes the team. But I think, I think Cody Glass is going to make this team. Um, I'll say that. I don't think Jack Dugan is going to make it right away, but he is old enough and he's going to be in the AHL. And as we all know, that's going to be right down the street in Henderson. <laughs> um, not even Henderson yet. They're going to be playing at the Orleans, <laughs> right. which is like two miles away from T-Mobile Arena. So he is going to have every chance to prove that he can – play at this at a pro level with adults um, he played really well in college obviously he I thought he was the best player in all of college hockey last year so he proved himself at that level he's going to have a chance to prove himself at the next level and maybe he can find his way up into that lineup maybe a couple injuries and, and he, he gets his way up there he's he definitely has the pro body Jack Dugan is a yeah he certainly strong does wrong kid yeah he is a power forward he's not quite Alex Tuck yet but I think he's got the potential to be like a big strong force in the NHL so um, he's got the body for it it's going to be exciting. We, it's to me. That's one thing we've kind of missed out on covering the Golden Knights is watching prospects graduated because it's just everything's so new and they haven't had prospects. Other teams right. every year you have a new crop of guys who are who are kind of reaching that age of maturity where they're going to be ready. And now we're finally reaching that point with the Golden Knights where every year they have new prospects. And like one that we haven't even talked about, Lucas Elvinus. Um, yes. He's not as highly yes, yes. touted as Glass and Krebs and Dugan, but the kid is younger than Jack Dugan and led the Chicago Wolves in points last year. So in my opinion, and I think in everybody's opinion, the AHL is a bet, is a more difficult league to play in than college hockey. And Elvinus was the highest scoring player on his team in the AHL. And like I said, younger than Jack Dugan. So um, I'm excited to see him. I don't know if he's going to be quite ready to take anybody's job in the NHL, but he's definitely, in his mind, he's definitely competing for one. Okay, so the the Vegas crew is uh, settled into uh, Rock Creek Cattle Company up in Deer Lodge, Montana. I mean, I can't think of a better place. I know uh, they had to put jackets on probably <laughs> because that's a little cooler <laughs> up there right now. But um, a virtual draft, it's going to be different. It's uh, tomorrow night and all day Wednesday, as I, I said in the preview. But uh, what do you expect out of this draft? I mean, we saw the virtual work really well, for I thought, for the NFL same thing for NHL? Yeah, I, I expect from a fan perspective, it's not going to be much different. Um, it, other than you're not going to get to see them hug their family in the stands and walk up and, and grab the jersey. But I, I don't expect it to be too different. What I do expect to be different, and I spoke with Kelly McCrimmon about this today, and, I, and a story just published a few minutes ago, but it's 
the GMs don't get the face-to-face time that they normally do. And, and we see this every year. Most of the movement in the offseason as far as trades and free agent signings and all that happens right around the draft. And that's because normally you get all 31 GMs, every decision maker in the hockey world, basically. You put them all in one <laughs> yeah. building for two days and they're going to sit there and talk to each other. And that's how deals get done. The Golden Knights are going to be active this offseason, as we've talked about throughout this show. And that I think it hurts them that they're not there face-to-face. Obviously, you can still call them, but they can do that all year. They don't get that same type of buzz. And Kelly McCrimmon even said today, he was like, yeah, you, we're definitely going to miss that buzz where you look over and you see two, two GMs talking, and they could just be talking about a fishing trip at, later this summer. But for everyone else in the room, they we think they're tra- talking about a blockbuster trade. So definitely going to miss out on that. That's, that's going to be, and like, I remember I was at, I was in Vancouver for the draft last year. And I remember I would tweet every time George McHugh would pick up his phone. So we're definitely not going to get that. But uh, from a, from a fan perspective, watching it, I don't, I don't expect it to be too much different. Well, you know, and just seeing some stuff out there that, uh, that the guys from Vegas are very comfortable in their setting and their ability to, uh, to review tape and, and, and see these guys. So like you say, they're missing out that part of it, but maybe there might be some other advantages as well that they're not distracted. They can talk to all their scouts. They got them all in one room. Um, so that may be a plus, huh? A hundred percent. And and actually uh, Kelly mentioned that today. He said, you normally you're sitting and I said, you get, you have 31 tables in the middle of a, it's where the hockey rink would normally be in the arena. And right. They're crammed together. I mean, you're sitting there and your back is a foot away from the team right next to you. So when your pick is coming up, you can't exactly conversate <laughs> with your scouts to try to figure it out. Everything's got to be very hush-hush so that people don't know what you're thinking. And like you said, now they're kind of in their comfort of their own offices. They're going to be up in Montana with Bill Foley, and they can – they can talk about prospects as they're coming up. Like you said, they can review film. They're going to have TVs. If they have some last-second questions about a guy, they can sit there and watch film on him as the pick is coming up. So uh, definitely some advantages to it. And, like, and, and another thing like that I need to bring up that you said is distractions. I mean, not being right. on the floor with all of that happening and the lights and all the players getting picked and walking around. There's just so much going on. Now you can really focus on your picks and what's coming up. It should be good. Okay, so we know they have the 29th overall pick. Uh, then we know they have still two-thirds, a sixth, and a seventh. Are you expecting some movement of picks or players or both or nothing? Um, well, I expect movement just because, like I said, they're in a position where they don't have cap space to sign players that they need to sign. So I definitely expect movement, um, and that may be in the form of gathering picks because the Golden Knights need to clear cap space out. And the, the way you usually do that is you trade a player that's making some money for a prospect or pick. So I could see if Vegas has to deal a player and like whether it's, I don't know, an Alec Petran or an Alec Martinez to try to make room for Alex Petrangelo. Maybe they trade him for a draft pick and bring one in. Maybe they trade, I don't know, a Paul Stasny because he's in the last year of his deal. Um, they have a lot of options, so I could definitely see him moving around. But as far as like, Picking 29th, I think they probably are going to sit there unless they see a guy that they really like dropping a little further than maybe they thought he should have. I could see him moving up. But for the most part, I think they'll probably sit where they're at. Okay, sounds good. I've got my partner Zach on with us. So, uh, Zach, I've got Jesse. He's probably got time for a question or two if you want to throw a couple at him. Um. Well, jumping into the mix late, I'm not quite sure what you guys had covered yet, but um... – it sounds like he he was uh, leaving off based on trading players. Um, who 
Now, have you already talked about between the three of Marshall O'Reilly and Carlson potentially who could no, we, move? No, we at haven't that even point? talked. We haven't talked about that. Jesse, what do you think about that? Either one of those or any one of those three potential trades, or are they pretty much fixed figures? Uh, who is it again? Say the three. Uh, Marshall. So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. Smith, Smith, and then Carlson. Well, man, I, I don't think any of those three would be moved. If, if you told me to pick one that's most likely of those three, I would say Jonathan Marcheseau just because um, I don't think he fits in as well with Peter DeBoer's system as the other two do. But at this, I, that's not to say Marcheseau doesn't fit in. I think the chances are they're going to keep Marcheseau, and I think he's going to be a good player. But if I had to pick between those three, um, he's not as defensively responsible as Carlson and Smith, and he hasn't been as good in as good of a form as Carlson and Smith have uh, since Peter DeBoer got here. Obviously, Smith had a fantastic season, and he was really good in the playoffs up until the whole team hit that scoring drought. So he's been really good for Peter DeBoer, so I wouldn't expect – them to want to move him. Carlson, they can't move. If they trade Carlson, the season's over. They don't have a number one center. Um, they, I, I'm not even sure William Carlson is a number one center, and he's he's a decent number one center. He's, he's definitely not an elite one. And if you trade him, all of a sudden, your best center on your team is an aging Paul Stasny and basically nothing after that. So um, I definitely don't think Carlson's getting moved, unless that would be to like bring in, I don't know, like Jack Eichel, which isn't happening. But if, if you're going to trade <laughs> William Carlson, you would oh, have God, to Oh, God, I love that, that rumor, though, Jesse. See, I love that rumor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, now now everyone will tweet Jesse Granger says Jack Eichel to Vegas. Yeah, but but like my point is, the only way I could possibly see them trading William Carlson is if they're bringing in an even better center coming back, which that's not easy to find that's available in the league. So I, I definitely don't expect him to be moved. Okay, and then we talked last night on our pandemic podcast uh, about uh, the possibility of Alex Tuck, and I said. Uh, I don't think that's a possibility at all. I think Alex Tucks is a fixture. Your thoughts on him? Yeah, no way. That contract is too good. Um, he's not making all <laughs> he, that much and money. And he's getting be he's getting to be pretty good if he's, as long as he's healthy, right? Right. Well, it's 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 as long as he's healthy, and it's as long as they're playing him with full, with offensive players. You can't put him on a line with Cody Eakin and Ryan Carpenter who are dump and chase defensively <laughs> responsible guys and expect him to be this explosive offensive weapon that, that you want him to be. All of a sudden they put him with Nick Waugh, who's got a little more offense to his game than we thought. And he's got good hands and he's got good speed and he, he creates time in the offensive zone. You put him with Alex Tuck, a guy like Chandler Stevenson has speed, can carry the puck into the zone. All of a sudden Alex Tuck's offense is back just like that. So I expect him to be paired with the right players moving forward. And, and when he is, he is a dangerous, dangerous weapon. I mean, there are times where you could argue he's the most influential player on the ice when he has the puck. So, and, and again, his contract is dirt cheap for what they're, what they're getting from him. So I, I definitely don't expect – a team that is crunched salary cap-wise, Tuck is such a valuable asset just because of his age, where he is in his career, and his contract. So um, if they traded him, I would be very shocked. Okay, final question for you. And I know you got to go because you got to put the pads on tonight. But yeah. <laughs> so let's. Uh, and you're not putting on the gold jersey. Can we clear that up? You're not going to be putting that on tonight, so guys aren't going to nope. be storming out there to see that. No gold pads. <laughs> no no gold jersey. Just the pads. Okay. Okay. So so here it is. Uh, the talk about a captain. It's been that talk since uh, day one with the Golden Knights. Who's going to be their captain eventually? Are they going to have one? Um, a lot of names have gone around. Uh, I thought towards the end of the uh, the playoff run this year that, that Alex Tuck was that guy, but obviously he's not going to be just because of his age and things like that. But 
did he not show a lot of leadership? And, and who do you think will wear that C this year? Yeah, I think, you know what, I actually, it's, it's funny because back when the Golden Knights first became a team, I have been on the train of Alex Tuck can be this team's captain. And it, it started from when they were at development camp at the Las Vegas Ice Center on Flamingo. Yeah. Four City National Arena was even yes. built. Alex Tuck was a, at that point, he was a clear NHL player, and he decided to show up for development camp. And he was kind of there to show the kids the ropes. He was a, he took a big time leadership role. He's a very good guy after games to talk to. Like he, he's not afraid to talk to the media after a loss. No. He's not afraid of the tough questions. I like Alex Tuck, but at the same time, he's also a kid and, and he doesn't have the same uh, pull in the locker room that some of the veteran players have. So I don't expect Alex Tuck to be the captain. And, and you mentioned, will there be one? There definitely will be one. Uh, Peter DeBoer, after the the exit from the playoffs, he did say the next time the Golden Knights are on the ice, they will have a captain. So they're definitely going to have one. And right now, I would bet a lot of money it's going to be Mark Stone. Um, yeah, I'm not, nothing that. finalized. Yeah, nothing finalized. But I would say if you're putting percentage on it, it's got to be 90% or higher that Mark Stone is going to be the captain. I mean, he's the best player on the team, which – it doesn't have to be the best player on the team, but it definitely helps if they're the best player. And then you add in the fact that he has you, – you hear how Pete DeBoer talks about him all the time. He, he leads by example. He blocks shots. He, he shows up to work every day. He grinds in, in, in practice. He is, he's not the loudest guy, and he's actually kind of awkward when he talks. He's not, he's not the best <laughs> speaker on the team, but he leads by example. And when he does say something, the other players on the team absolutely listen just because he's such a good player and because of – the way he plays. So um, I, I would be surprised if it's not Mark Stone wearing that C when they take the ice to start next season. Okay, Jesse, strap them up, uh, make a bunch of saves tonight. Uh, keep your eyes on the uh, draft. And uh, for those that, that aren't following you, they need to. So uh, got any deals going on with the Athletic right now? Anything that you can throw out there that we can get some more subscribers for you? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we do actually. Uh, we we just finally hit a million subscribers. Uh, oh, I saw that. Ago. What a milestone! Yeah, what a milestone. huge. Yeah, that was big for us. We're getting. Uh, whenever you can get your name in the same conversation with the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, um, <laughs> I will take that. So, uh, yeah. So we're so happy about that that we decided to offer uh, subscriptions for one dollar a month. Usually, it's seven, six, seven bucks a month, depending on. Uh, where you get it. This time it is $1 a month. So anyone out there who's thinking about subscribing to The Athletic, you can try it for basically nothing. And I promise you will be hooked. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you right now that Jesse Granger is worth 10 times the $1 a month easy just for his stuff. So thanks for taking some time out, buddy. I know it's uh, it's a crazy time for you and uh, we appreciate your insight as always. Hopefully we can get you back soon after the, uh, the draft and the free agency is all worth and uh, get back to real hockey. Okay. Definitely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Anytime, guys. All right. Thanks, Jesse. That's Jesse Granger with The Athletic Las Vegas. Uh, Zach and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk a little more professional hockey in the Southwest in about three minutes. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. 
Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your pot with M-Drive. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona. Zach Bondurant joining us from Chandler, Arizona. Zach, I know you caught maybe just the very tail end of it, but um, anytime you get a chance to get a Jesse Granger on, we had to make a special uh, a time slot movement to bring him on. So uh, he had lots of good stuff, Zach. I'm sure one of the things that, that you probably didn't hear was what he said about uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, and he said there is less than – one percent chance that they keep Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, and that's 
<laughs> less than one percent they keep him right meaning that 99 99 chance that he's gone right yeah yeah and i and, mean i i know paul the conversation with paul last night is definitely has some validity to it he's got a big contract my hope is they don't buy him out because that's just tying cap space up right now uh, and um i mean i was just doodling around on cap friendly earlier today and uh funny enough rick di pietro's contract came up and they're going to be paying him until 2028 just as, <laughs> as a buyout so yeah that's uh, just sad that is sad. yeah just as like a tie-in to that but i hope they don't buy him out well, i hope they can find a, a way to move him and well here, and here's re- something that we didn't talk about zach last night and this is what jesse brought up he's i, I asked him that i said uh, the question is how, and he said, you're right, how? Here's how. They're going to have to acquire draft picks, and they're going to have to get a third team involved in his estimation uh, to get a third team that's under the the cap ceiling and, and needs to build up uh, some cap space and can afford to take on part of the salary. And that team would then get draft picks from the Vegas Golden Knights and Marc-Andre Fleury would get to go to a team that he wants to, a contender, somebody that's got a shot at the cup, and uh, that would be a way to do it. And the, the the confidence that Jesse had on that, it sounded almost like um, there have been a lot of discussion, which I'm sure there has been, about teams that could possibly make that work. Um, that being said, we saw Devin Dubnik move to uh, the San Jose Sharks today. Yeah, which um, I, it's kind of – I find it a little odd um, that they jumped <laughs> I on I find it Dubnik. a lot odd, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that they jumped on Dubnik this early on, that they would decide just yeah. to pull the trigger and make a trade for a second goalie and have a tandem of Jones and Dubnik. And then, then you have Bell. Um, so – it's a it's it's definitely an odd scenario. I don't I I can't say that I understand it um, because I mean, well, Bell's actually unrestricted free, and so they're probably not going to be planning on signing him. So that leaves you with Jones and Dubnik. But I, I just to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense with the um, with the market the way it is. I don't know what yeah. they're gearing up to do. I don't know if they're thinking they well, can. Well, they also got Ryan Donato today. They did, which which that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Young player, um, he's young, offensive minded. Um, that that's a good that's a good trade for them. But um, yeah, the goalie situation I thought was kind of kind of odd. But you know, that's again they, they know something we don't, and we'll I'll be interested to see how they how it plays out. Exactly. And uh, before you came on, we were talking about the first round of the draft being tomorrow, four p.m. Pacific time. It's going to jump. Uh, jumpstart things with the first round, and then rounds two through seven set to go basically all day Wednesday, beginning at 8.30 in the morning Pacific time. So um, NBCSN has the first round, and then NHL Network will have rounds two through seven. It's going to be exciting. We talked about the Golden Knights. They're they're sequestered up in uh, Deer Lodge, Montana, at the uh, Rock Creek Cattle Company, uh, a Bill Foley adventure, if you will. Um, we talked about how different it was going to be being a virtual site and them all being in one place. And, and Jesse made a couple of points. He said uh, it'll be different in the point that not all teams, he said, normally in the draft, you got all 31 teams right next to each other in a building and you can kind of see when deals are going on um, or at least speculate. But here everybody's going to be in their own scenario. Um, 
and they're going to be able to uh, visit with their scouts without anybody looking over their shoulders. So uh, your thoughts on that virtual draft? We didn't really talk much about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think now if you watch like the, the NFL virtual draft, it went off basically without a hitch. So I'm assuming that the NHL is going to take notes from that and run multiple tests on the system they're using to, to link the teams to the NHL to put in their picks. Um, you know, the phone systems I'm sure will be linked to every GM. Um, so, I mean, I think it'll work. I don't, I don't foresee there being any issues with it. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I know that there's basically the top three, the top three guys are locked in at the top three, unless something crazy happens. It's just a different order. So, um, I'm interested to see – I'm very interested to see the business side of it come to life because that's that's definitely my favorite portion of of the NHL is is the business aspect and, and looking at these moves. So um, the, I, I think it's going to be business as usual for GMs. It's just the, the uh, environment has changed a little bit. Well, let me tell you about the business side of it too because Jesse thinks that uh, there's a good chance – that that flat cap that's going to happen this season could also happen the following season. So we might be stuck at 81 and a half uh, cap number, not only this year coming up, but the year following. So that could make some very interesting um, deals on what you do with players. Uh, he already talked about that currently the Golden Knights were are above the, the salary cap, which they're allowed to do up to 10% during the, uh, the off season. But, They've already got to start making some moves. And he talked about Nick Cousins, uh, where they re-sign him, and Chandler Stevenson and and guys like that. And uh, then we talked about those three uh, rookies that I brought up last night, and Peyton Krebs, and not rookies, but young kids, uh, Peyton Krebs, uh, Jack Dugan, and uh, uh, Corey Glass. Right. Yeah. And he brought up a fourth, uh, Lucas, Lucas Albus, I think is his name, from uh, the uh, Chicago Wolves who is a year younger than Jack Dugan and led all of the Chicago Wolves in scoring last year. So he's got four young players that, that are going to be in the mix. And the one thing to keep in mind with Krebs is uh, it is a, a make or break. It's either NHL or back to juniors in Winnipeg. So going to be a very, very competitive training camp for those young forwards uh, to try to cement their spots in the NHL lineup like uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have. Yeah, and I mean, you talked about the there there could be potentially a flat cap for the following year after this one as well. Which, um, if that's the scenario, that could definitely that's definitely going to put a lot of strain on uh, the clubs in the NHL. And um, unfortunately, that might lead to players leaving the NHL and going back, and more particularly like players from Russia going to the KHL because they know they'll be able to get their value. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how that works. Um, if that's the scenario, hopefully the NHL allows some sort of cap relief. I don't know how that's going to play out, but, um, knowing the NHL, I'm sure they'll come up with something. Um, but yeah, as far as the Vegas scenario, um, I think they're going to be very heavily banking on the fact that they've got a pretty good, uh, prospect pool that they can, they can pull from. Um, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see, um, the development of those, of those four, 
four players. Um, I mean, it, it, and that's the thing is, is looking at this draft now, will they try and trade picks um, to gather more? So it's there's going to be some very revealing things this, this next couple days for Vegas. Um, I saw something earlier on social media today where there were five tiers to the prospect pools and Vegas is in tier three uh, right in there with the Coyotes, oddly enough. And the Stars, the Blackhawks, the Maple Leafs, the Oilers, and the Sabres. So um, it shows that they're that they've got a pretty good prospect pool. Um, so it'll be very interesting, like I said, to see where they come out with the the three guys, these four four guys actually, as Jesse pointed out, of these highly talented players and where they're going to be able to fill in the gaps and kind of allow them some cap relief. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we talked about our three teams in our coverage area now with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, Arizona Coyotes, and uh, the Colorado Avalanche last night. And I just want to touch on it a little bit for people that might be listening tonight and wondering uh, what the situation looks like for all three teams. And I don't know that we could have three completely different scenarios than we have right now. Uh, the, the Coyotes definitely need draft picks and they don't have any. Uh and it's going to be very difficult because their new GM and his scouts are not allowed to be involved in this particular draft just because of the, the timing of their hiring and leaving their previous clubs. So that's one scenario. You got the Golden Knights that are over the cap limit already and have to make some really tough decisions on moving numbers around and players around. And then you got the, the uh, Colorado Avalanche, who we talked about last night, are like in the catbird seat, right? They've got so much cap space and they got so much talent that they can pick and choose the deals that they want to make or not make. Yeah, and that's one of those teams, the Avalanche, that uh, could be a third team in on um, the Marc Andre Fleury deal, where they come in, provide some cap relief for the Knights, and and get something in return. Whether that is Fleury coming back to the Avs, I don't know. Um, that would be, that would be interesting to see how that would go. Um, I don't necessarily know if Flurry would be a number one goalie for the Avs, um, considering the, the circumstances they're in where they, they seem comfortable with Grubauer, but you know, that's, that's what training camp is for. So, um, the Avs could be that third team in where they're just, they're allowing some, some cap relief and, and taking picks where they can. Um, I mean, the other thing too is Ottawa, New York. There's a lot of teams that could come in and help Vegas as that third team to provide cap relief, particularly the senators. The senators are in the best seat in the house for, for rebuilding. They are ridiculously below the cap right now. They've got 12 picks in all this year. Nine of them are in the first round. That's insane. <laughs> that is um, insane. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some awesome wheeling and dealing. It goes three first rounds, which their first two picks are three and five. Talk about right. jump-starting your organization <laughs> right now. And yes. then you got four picks in the second and, and two in the third. So um, that, it, that's the team I'm going to be keeping my eye on this entire this entire draft process and the free agency because nine picks they're going to probably move they're probably going to eventually move one of those first rounds maybe the later one but um their gm was just 
just did a um, an interview earlier today. Pierre Dorian did an interview where um, they really like. It sounds like they really like Stutzel and Byfield, so they're just kind of sitting and waiting to see what LA does. Um, right. To to start their their next chapter in that organization. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very strange because not only with the draft falling on a Tuesday and Wednesday, but you know everything that's going on around it with the cap uh, uh, limitations, and then you look at the the goaltenders like we talked about last night about how the goaltenders were so uh, the goaltender position I should say was flooded with talent, and uh, people will be able to start to pick and choose who they want. I mean, when you got guys like a possibility of getting a Darcy Kemper who now the rumor mills got him going to Minnesota with Dubnik gone. That would be unusual since that's where he came from. <laughs> but yeah, but um, so, so many things going on out there right now that it's going to be really, really fun. Not only the draft, but Zach, after the draft, the free agents start to sign and then the trades start to happen. Uh, it, it's just going to be what I think is a crazy professional hockey next two months and no matter when they start whether it be december or january the off season stuff is going to be really really exciting and then once they hit camp now we got to start seeing who's going to win positions which is going to be interesting as well so so many things to be talking about yeah and i mean that uh the free agents is what's going to well actually i think tomorrow's what's going to start a lot of the conversations but you're going to see a lot of um uh, come to a head on Wednesday where the GMs have talked about, hey, what about this player and this player? And they'll, they'll get the basis of of the trades going. Um, and all that on Wednesday is going to set up what happens, I believe, what is it, the following third? Is it is it the 8th or the 9th where free agency or the 10th? It's it's later in this week. Yeah, I believe it it's the 10th, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Don't quote me I think that. so. Um, but I mean, Wednesday is going to set up what happens on the 10th. I think after Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, we're going to have a more clear indication as to where, uh, free agents are going to be heading on the 10th based on, uh, movement for cap, uh, exchanging of draft picks, exchanging of players. And it's probably going to reveal maybe a couple contenders that we, uh, saw this year that just barely missed out that could be making a run for next year or people like Tampa Bay who are going to also have to make those hard decisions so they don't get in a situation like Vegas where they're above the cap where they got to move some of their key players that contributed to that cup this year. So Wednesday is going to reveal a lot to the entire uh, the entire community and uh, that's those are the best days honestly for me. You know, and one of the things that you missed out on also was we were talking about the Robin Leonard deal and the fact that, and Jesse's done a lot of digging into this. He sat down with Robin. He sat down with Mark Andre, and and he said that probably the biggest deal for Robin Leonard was he took the five million a year only because he was getting five years, and he wanted that stability for five years, um, and that's something he hasn't had before. He talked uh, he talked in the story with Jesse about. His kid, he's got a five-year-old son that had been in five different schools in five different cities uh, over the last five years, so he wanted to find some stability for him. But he also talked about how important it was to to settle down in Vegas. He likes Vegas. He's comfortable there. He likes the team. He likes the coach. He likes the ownership. Um, so 
he got very comfortable and, and five million dollars a year for the next five years for Robin Leonard is probably a steal. Uh, but then, like you say, you have to get rid of uh, that seven million dollar contract of flurries and man, oh man, that's going to be a challenge. There's no doubt about it, but uh, who knows? And, and then the final thing that we haven't really talked about is, okay, now you got Robin Leonard. Let's say you move Flurry. Now who do you have? Who's your backup? Well, I think that's where they go to the free agency market and and try and pick from there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they go – try and grab a backup through a trade. Um, Jake Ottinger is somebody that I've had my eye on for a long time, but that's a guy who should be getting a starting job. And I don't know that he's going to really want to stay in Vegas long-term because of that five-year contract. Um, I I don't know. They're probably going to get a, a Band-Aid goalie, somebody to come in to, to, to just be consistent, have the um, – uh, have the backup position locked down and and s- just kind of go from there. I mean, you have a guy like Lundqvist who may come in, but that's still an older older uh, player. Holtby, I think, honestly, might be a, a good target, potentially a Corey Crawford. Uh, the reason why I say Holtby is people are saying, well, he just won a Stanley Cup. He's going to fetch a lot of money. Well, the the rumor is his his value in the market right now is very, very low. So you might be able to get him for maybe two or three, two and a half, three, um, depending on how, how long the term is as well. So um, you have the guy that just beat you in, <laughs> right? in the finals in, in um, Hugh Dobin. But I have a feeling he'll stay with with Dallas. So yeah, me too. I think they'll I think they'll go to the to the free agent market to see what they can get, um, just to to maybe hold them over for three years. And I think this year maybe they look to draft a goalie prospect. Um, they're obviously not going to get Askrovov or uh, I don't know if I'm saying that name wrong. Askrov, uh, Yaroslav, uh, the goalie out of Russia. He'll be going probably pick eleven, so they won't. They won't be able to move up to get him the number one goalie, but this is where you you got to pick a goalie this year and start building that farm system through the goalies. Well, I, I joked with Jesse about uh, giving rumors when he he threw out the Jack Eichel name, <laughs> and I said uh, maybe we need to start a rumor right here. How how good would would Joey Decord look uh, in a role with the Vegas Golden Knights? And that's the thing is they can go out and get Joey, and uh, I'm not extraordinarily familiar with Vegas's farm system, but uh, he can make a, he can make a home in Vegas and easily come in and, and push, push Leonard and, and be a very good backup. I mean, looking at their, their goalies in the farm system, you have a Logan Thompson, which again, I'm not too familiar with the Yari Patira, not familiar with Dylan Ferguson, Oscar Danzig, which could fill that role. Well, uh, Oscar da- Oscar Danz is is the guy that's projected to be their backup if it were to start today. Um, but uh, they really like Dylan Ferguson, but I don't think he's come along as well as they would have liked. They've given him some shots over the last couple of years uh, during the training camp, and I don't think they're really as high on on him as they had been. So, um, yeah. Man, what a sweet deal if they were able to get Marc-Andre 
uh, move to a comfortable place and then and then bring in a guy like a Joey Decord, which so many chips has to fall in place for that to happen because Joey is under contract with Ottawa, so um, he would be uh, you know either in their AHL team or would be uh, with their big club starting this year, you would assume, unless there is some movement. But why not talk about it anyway, right? Yeah, and I mean, that's the <laughs> thing is is with the moves that are going on with Ottawa right, Ottawa right now, I think it's very conceivable that we see Joey at least in a handful of games for Ottawa because Anderson is now gone. Um, they, they've, they're going to be they're just they're trying to build a young team. Um, Anders Nilsson is under contract. Marcus Hong, Hongberg is still there, um, but I, I think it's conceivable that he we could see him in a few games. Um, there's a couple other guys that are in the in the system with him as well. So I mean, he started he started a game for him against Buffalo when they originally signed him, right. um, and I mean with the team that was in front of him, he didn't do too bad. So um, I, I well, think it's possible. The thing I wonder about is everybody says, well, no way Marc-Andre would ever go to Ottawa. No way he'd never go to Ottawa. Well, Ottawa's not that far from Montreal. Um, Montreal is home for Marc-Andre up in that area. And um, he's won his cups. Not to say that he doesn't want to continue to win cups, but he's also a really good locker room guy. And if you were going to build your team – for the next two or three years, would it be crazy to have a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury leading that young group? And he's the kind of goaltender that could make those big, Jesse likes to call them dangerous uh, scoring chances. He's the one that can make those dangerous saves and uh, and keep you in games and maybe steal you a couple of games. He did it for Vegas the first year. Yeah, and I mean th- – that's one thing when when people say there is no way that's that's something that doesn't really exist in in real life there's always there's always there's always some little minute chance that something happens and honestly we don't know how mark andre feeling maybe he's just you know um i want to go to a franchise where i can now this is just putting words in his mouth but he wants to go to a franchise where he can he can just go out and play, have fun, you know, not necessarily worry about getting to the playoffs, winning a Stanley Cup. He's done all that. He's going to be a Hall of Fame goalie. Um, maybe he wants to to finish his career off, his contract, in a very quiet, kind of low-key setting. So when people say there's no way it's going to happen, I it, it doesn't make sense to me because we have no idea what's going on with these players, especially after all this pandemic stuff. Maybe they don't. Honestly, maybe he doesn't want to do another bubble playoffs. Maybe he was like, I don't ever want to go back to the bubble, so I'm going to go to a team that doesn't have a chance to make the playoffs. So uh, it's just one of those thought processes. I'm sure that's not his thought process, but we can't say there's no way. Well, here's the thing. Uh, if you remember back four years ago when he was selected in the, or in the uh, expansion draft by the Golden Knights, everybody said – how could Pittsburgh let him go? He's too good of a goaltender. How could they let him go? And what's it going to yeah. be like now? He's in Vegas with a brand-new team that's going to lose for five years. Um, yep. And, and, and guess what happened? there was no way Pittsburgh was going to let him go. Exactly. And guess yeah. what happened? They went to the Stanley Cup final in the first year. So stranger things have happened. I'm not wishing anything into existence. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't be surprised if you see some movement. Um in a, in a strange direction, but 
Great to have Jesse on tonight. I wish you could have been able to be here for the entire part of it. Uh, you'll have to listen back to it when we replay it because he had a lot of good stuff to say. And uh, anytime we can grab him, we will. One million subscribers now for the, the Athletics. So, like he said, he put him up there with the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. That's, uh, that's a pretty hefty company. So we appreciate having Jesse on tonight. Zach, thanks for uh, for jumping on board and doing everything that you do. And I'll let you take it away with the read, and we'll we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Sounds good. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Voted, the best Ford dealer in Arizona. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time SW sent you to see this top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, our dining rooms in accordance with CDC guidelines, are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile, see Andre in the Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you the power of the new T-Mobile. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Buy Summer Skates, our line of shower shoes can show off your fandom or team unity with custom design. Visit summerskates.com. Behind the mask, it's time to get back to hockey. For all your... For all your hockey needs, visit, visit any of our three locations or go to BehindTheMask.com. Buy College Bar and Grill in Tempe. Buy ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Find your bottle that suits your taste. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Buy M-Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com. Use promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. Buy Ice Den Scottsdale and Chandler. See our website for ice availability. Pro Hockey Southwest Weekly and all your Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IceTimeSW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, the draft is tomorrow, the first round anyway, and then Wednesday will be a crazy day with uh, all-day stuff going on, so make sure you stay tuned to our uh, Twitter feed, our Instagram, and all the good stuff going on. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights, the uh, Colorado Avalanche, and, of course, the Arizona Coyotes. We wish them all the best in their drafting, and uh, you know, like I say, when anytime you get a Jesse Granger on from the Athletic, it's so dialed in with the team, particularly in his case, the Vegas Golden Knights. It's so much fun to, to just uh, plug him, so we appreciate everybody coming on and uh, listening live uh, during this special time. We'll be back at our regular time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, when the time changes, Zach, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, we'll just stay right there from now on. So we look forward to that. Thanks for tuning in. And, again, thanks to Jesse Granger with The Athletic Las Vegas for our special guest tonight. And we'll say goodnight with a little uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. <laughs>